0: But if you're listening to this podcast, and if you have considered writing a book, what I want to make sure that you do is that you don't count yourself out of the people who are qualified or capable to record your ideas in the format of a book. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. Hi, writers. On today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, I'm going to try something a little different. As you know, if you listen to this show, the normal format is I interview or have a conversation with someone else and then let you listen in on that conversation. On today's episode, it's going to be just me, and I'm going to be answering one of the many questions that I get in my DMs on Instagram or in my email inbox or on our website from writers and from people who swear to me that they're not real writers. Um, I'm going to try this format of taking your questions and answering them. Today's question that I want to tackle has to do with the myths of how books really get written. I know there are so many of you out there who have a book that you want to write or wonder if maybe you have a book idea or are second guessing whether You really have what it takes to write a book. But if you really understood how books actually get written in the real world, I can tell you right now, you would not count yourself out of the possibility of writing your own book. So, what I want to do is talk to you about some of those myths that we all have about how books get written and debunk the myths for you, talk to you about how books really get written in the real world. And what my hope is, is at the end of all of this, you're going to realize that you actually have everything it takes to execute your book idea, and to get that idea out there in the world. So we'll give this a try. If it doesn't work, I won't do it again. But thanks for taking this chance with me. Here we go. If you have a book you've always wanted to write, today's conversation is for you, Today, I wanna talk about the five myths of how books actually get written in the real world. And the reason I'm talking about this is we all have so many different misconceptions about what it really means to be a writer and about how books actually get written. And because of these misconceptions, far too many of us count ourselves out of the group that gets to call themselves a writer. We count ourselves out of the process of writing a book. And I think the world is missing out on our stories, our ideas, our voice, and what we have to share with the world. So today, I want to talk through those five myths. I want to debunk them for you, and I want to encourage you, if you have a book you've always wanted to write, to finally get started and launch yourself into this process. Let's start with myth number one. The first myth I think so many people have about how a book actually gets written is we believe books are written by people who know what they're doing, And can I just tell you, after having written 13 books myself, and having coached thousands of people through the process of writing their books, and people all across the spectrum from brand new writers or authors to very experienced authors who have done this you know, five, 10, 15 times before, that there's not a single person out there who comes to the book writing process and thinks like, no problem, I've got this on lockdown. In fact, not too long ago, I was helping a Find Your Voice client with a book project. This was the seventh book that she's written. And she made a comment to me while we were outlining her book that I thought was so perfect. She just said, you know, I've written seven books, or this is the seventh book that I've written, and it's always just as hard. I couldn't agree more with her. And I know so many others who couldn't agree more as well. There's no amount of doing this process that makes it feel second nature, that, that makes it feel old hat. When you sit down to write a new book, it's always a new book. It's always a new idea. There's always you know um, like a new level of excellence that you want to bring to the project. And the truth of the matter is... Nobody knows what the heck they're doing. We're all just figuring it out as we go along. And unless we are willing to adopt this feeling, this idea of being a beginner and a willingness, unless we bring that willingness to the table to be a beginner, then none of the books that we all know and love would have ever been written. There's a great book out there that if you don't have, you should get. It's called Journal of a Novel. And this is a collection of journal entries that John Steinbeck wrote while he was writing the book East of Eden, which I think is one of the best books of all time. But their journal entries slash letters to his editor and agent, Pat, that he wrote as he was writing this book. So what you get in the book or journal of a novel is this inside look into what was going on in the head of John Steinbeck, this revered writer whose writing has been passed down through generations. You get a peek into his head, into what was going on in, in that journal. And I love so much that what you see is he had no idea what he was doing. Or that's maybe a a little overstated. He had some idea of what he was doing, but some of the things you see him say in that journal are things like, I have no idea what this is going to turn into. I hope that my boys read it someday. I hope that it has an impact on them. I think this could be big. I think it could be important, but it might not be And you watch him reconciling with that and making peace with that. So I think as writers, we have to remember that when we sit down to work on a creative project, we don't know what it's going to become. This is part of the agreement that we make as creative people that we're willing to enter into the chaos and try to make sense and make meaning of it. So if you have a book idea and you think to yourself, I have no idea if this is any good, then welcome to the club. None of us have any idea if this is any good. And the only way to find out if it's any good is just to give it a shot, give it a try, dive in, play with it a little bit, experiment, practice, play, and see what comes out on the other side. The second big misconception I think so many of us have about how books actually get written is we think that in order to write a book, we have to get away to a quote cabin in the woods. And I put that in quotes because. It could really be any image along that spectrum, but just this idea that in order to write a book, I have to be able to escape from my regular life, You know, spend a couple of weeks sort of wandering in nature, not have any access to my technology, ignore my emails, not talk to any of my friends, and, and spend hours upon hours upon hours actually writing. And Well, there's nothing wrong with this. It's an incredible luxury to be able to spend some time away from your quote-unquote real life to get some writing done. I think there are a lot of benefits that could be argued for this approach to the writing process, and yet the drawback, the major drawback is that because this is a luxury, it would count so many people out of the writing process if we believed or assumed that this was the only way for a book to get written. I have worked with thousands of authors over the course of the past decade, helping them get their ideas recorded, stories on paper, books out in the world, and what I have found is that there's just simply no one way to do this, and if you have the ability to get away from your life for a period of time to go to, say, the beach or the mountains or somewhere in nature to get some writing done, then great, take advantage of that and do it because it can definitely help you make progress more quickly, but if you don't have the space or the time or the ability to do that in your life for one reason or another, that list could be any number of reasons because you're a parent or you have a job that doesn't allow for it or because you couldn't financially afford it or because we're living in the middle of a pandemic and you can't travel, then no need to worry because this is a myth. I'm a huge proponent of the fact that, um, that it's a myth that we have to escape from our regular lives in order to get any writing done. In fact, I wrote an article for a publication recently called The Myth of the Writer's Retreat because while a writing retreat is a wonderful thing, there are plenty of authors and, and just writers in general who get really brilliant and important words on the page while they're waiting to pick their children up from soccer practice. Or we have an author we've worked with here at Find Your Voice who has done a lot of writing while he's holding his daughter. While she's napping, he's literally working on his chapters on his iPhone with his two thumbs while his daughter sleeps in his lap. You can write a book in the space that you have between meetings, five-minute slots here and there. You can write a book while you are first thing in the morning when you wake up or last thing that you do at night before you fall asleep, while you're waiting to fall asleep, you could write a book in the middle of the night. I actually have a story of, well, one of the books that I have written came to me, many pieces of it came to me in the middle of the night. There's a lot of research that shows that we have this Kind of creative surge in the middle of the night when your limbic brain is really active between something like 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. And that human beings actually used to sleep in two segments during the night. The first one being the first dark hours of the night. So from the time the sun goes down until something like midnight or 2 a.m. And then you'd be awake for a period of time. and Then you'd go back to sleep before the sun would come up. So this happened to me for whatever reason while I was writing this one book. I have known it to happen to a few other writers, and a book can definitely be written during those times of the day. So just because you can't travel to a cabin in the woods does not mean that you can't write a book. In fact, plenty of books are written in the margins of a a regular real-life day. And I'm so thankful that the authors we work with at Find Your Voice find ways to fit their writing into the margins of their day because otherwise we would never get to experience and read the beautiful words that they have to share with the world. So that's myth number two. Myth number one, Books are written by people who know what they're doing. None of us know what we're doing. (laughs) Myth number two, books are written at a cabin in the woods. That's not necessarily true. It's a great luxury. But if you're unable to write at a cabin in the woods, all you really need is a small margin of space somewhere in your regular life, something that you can actually make happen on a regular basis. The third myth I think a lot of us believe about how books get written is we believe that They're written during our scheduled writing time. And I'm a huge fan of scheduling writing time. If you've read my book, The Power of Writing It Down, I talk a lot about how we have to build writing into our everyday schedule. We have to make it a part of our routine. We have to find space on our calendar to fit this tool, this activity that we call writing. We have to really work to carve out space to make it a priority for ourselves. And yet... I'm a huge believer, a huge proponent of the idea that a lot of times the best ideas for writing don't come to us at that scheduled time. <laughs> they come to us the way inspiration comes to us, which is whenever it comes. It comes to us in the shower. It comes to us while we're out on a walk. I've written. Many an article while I'm out on a walk or out on a run as we're moving our bodies, we're activating our limbic systems, it makes sense that these great ideas for an article or a chapter for a book or a conclusion finally to a chapter we've been struggling with for a while or a really amazing introduction to something would come to us while we're in the middle of something else, while we're folding laundry, while we're doing dishes, while we're sweeping the floor while we're brushing our teeth, while we're rocking the baby to sleep. So don't expect that your inspiration is only going to come at your designated writing time. And be open to the fact that parts of your book, many parts of your book, may actually be written during times that are not actually scheduled. What happens, I think, is as we really work to carve out space on our calendars to make this activity called writing a priority to us then it opens up space for inspiration to come in and inspiration comes in and doesn't always come in in the exact time that we set out for it but that just surely the act of making it a priority is what opens up the space in our life for inspiration to come in so when you do that when you get intentional about creating space in your life for the writing to come know that inspiration will come but it may not come at the exact times that you have scheduled. Like I mentioned, I wrote a good portion of the second book that I wrote, Indestructible, in the middle of the night, because this is the time of day that inspiration would come to me. I would wake up at 2 a.m. almost on the dot in the middle of the night, and a wave of inspiration would come to me, and I would get clarity about how a certain chapter was supposed to go. And I would be awake for a few hours and capture what I needed to capture, and then I would fall back to sleep until 7 or 8 o'clock the next morning. So... In whatever way this makes sense in your life, what I want you to know is it's important to have the flexibility that when inspiration comes to you, you're able to appreciate it, notice it, recognize it, capture it, and honor it by recording the words that you're inspired by. And then, of course, you've got your scheduled times that you're spending on writing so that you can develop the inspiration that has come. Just know that it won't always come in those exact scheduled moments. The fourth misconception or myth that we have about how books actually get written is, here's, it's a funny one. The What I wrote on my notes in front of me is they're written at a vintage typewriter, which <laughs> that may not be the exact image for you. But for whatever reason, maybe because I'm a millennial, the image that I had when I first quit my full-time job to set off on this path to write my book was of me sitting At this window in a cabin in the woods, of course, sitting perched at this, you know, kind of cool vintage typewriter with these beautiful drapes hanging from the window, the sun streaming in and, you know, music playing in the background. And I'm just struck with inspiration and the words are flowing from my fingertips. And I think what I want to communicate with this myth is whatever the image is for you about how books actually get written in the sense of whatever that glamorous image is, whatever the the Pinterest version or the Instagram version is of how you think books get written, you can just erase that from your mind and know <laughs> that the real way that books get written is so much more real life than that. I have worked with authors who spend their writing time in the closet getting their writing done because it's the only place that they can find where they get a moment of peace and quiet to themselves. Or in the bathroom, I worked with an author who who did most of her editing on the floor of the bathroom because she had a young baby who was sleeping in one room and a husband who was sleeping in the other room and not a very not too many places to go in her house. And the only time that she had to edit was late at night. So her husband would be sleeping and her baby would be sleeping and she'd be sitting there on the floor of the bathroom editing her book. So I just, what I want you to to, to be able to see and imagine and recognize is that your book, as you write it, and I hope you do write it, will be written in your real life. So the surroundings of how the book gets written will be the surroundings that, that you have on a, a normal day anyway. So it's going to be in the midst of a crying baby or in the midst of a tension with your significant other or in the midst of Working hard to set boundaries with your family members, or in the midst of your therapy that you're going to weekly, or in the midst of a complicated and chaotic weekly schedule of driving kids one place or dropping them off, or trying to homeschool, or whatever other, you know, list of tasks that you have on any given week. So, I just want you to be able to picture yourself in your normal life, your real life. Also, penning the words to your book. The example that I gave you, or the the book I mentioned a few minutes ago by John Steinbeck, The Journal of a Novel, another part that stood out to me from that journal is where (laughs) the moments that he breaks from talking about the writing to talk about the regular stuff that's going on in his life, So he talks about his wife helping her pick out a rug from a department store. He talks about his kids. He talks about the really mundane humdrum stuff that all of us deal with on a daily basis. So I don't want you to have this idea that writers write in this really glamorous setting. And because I don't have that glamorous setting, I couldn't possibly write this book. It may not be that explicit for you, but we all have an image of what we think a writer's life looks like and i think so many times that image doesn't match up to the image of the life that we're actually living and this is part of why and how we count ourselves out from the group of writer so just know writing can and is and should be done as a part of your regular everyday normal life okay Last but not least, the final myth I think we have in our minds about how books actually get written is we believe they're written from start to finish. And what I want to remind you is most of how books come to us is in pieces. This is really important to know because when you are getting little ideas, inspiration, thoughts, phrases, words, bullet point lists dropped into your mind, it may not feel like a book, but it could be part of a book. So, if you find yourself asking the question, "Is this a book? Do I have? Could this be part of a broader message?" My advice to you would just be to pay attention to that, because there's a good chance it could be part of a broader message, and it could be, you know, a piece of inspiration that's part of, a part of a bigger puzzle. I'm not saying that that's for sure. But I'm asking you to pay attention when those moments come because in my experience of writing 13 books and helping so many other authors get their books written, what I have found is that most of the time books come to us in these little snippets. It's like little vignettes that come that you capture. And over time you have, it's like a junk drawer full of tiny little notes to yourself that you aren't sure what they mean or where they go if they were part of a bigger structure, but you have all these ideas, all these thoughts, all these tiny pieces to the puzzle, and the way that I think about it is, we need to dump out the junk drawer, be able to visually see everything that we have, and then you start to put together, put it together, kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. So it becomes a task of putting it together in the shape of a narrative arc, that's what we do with our program, Prepare to Publish, But really, it doesn't start out like that. It starts out as just these tiny little pieces of information that seem mostly disconnected. In fact, sometimes when authors reach out to us to inquire about our process for helping authors outline their books, they'll say things to me like, well, I don't really think I'm ready or I don't really have enough information or I don't really have anything organized. And what I find as I start digging is they have tons of information. They have a whole proverbial junk drawer full of facts that they that they have learned about this particular topic or stories that they want to share or data points or case studies or quotes from other authors or You know, phrases that have come to them over time. They have so much information. And just because it's not organized doesn't mean that that they aren't ready to write a book. Books are often written in pieces starting from anywhere in the middle of the book to anywhere else. So it's just a matter of taking those pieces and, and putting them into some kind of order. What I hope you get from this is, first of all, there are very few people who are not capable of writing a book. If uh, there was a person who I would say was not capable of writing a book, it would either have to do with just plain not having the desire to write a book or not having the language capabilities to write a book. But if you're listening to this podcast and if you have considered writing a book, what I want to make sure that you do is that you don't count yourself out of the people who are qualified or capable to record your ideas in the format of a book. You may have... Dream of publishing. You may have no desire on the face of the planet to ever publish. I'm a believer that even if you don't have any desire to publish, you stand a lot to gain from thinking of your life as a story or from taking a story in your life and writing that in into the format of a book, even if it's you know like a shorter version. And and I know many of you listening have a book idea that's been on your mind for a long time and you're probably putting it off because you're thinking, I don't have the first clue where to start and I'm not a real writer and who has the time for this and all of that is so normal. But I just want to let you know that if and when you decide you do want to take this journey, you you are fully more than capable of of taking your idea and putting it into the format of a book. It can feel overwhelming. It's not as overwhelming as it seems. A lot of the myths and ideas and, you know, I call them cultural myths that have been passed down over time about what it means to be a writer are just simply not true. And writers are writing inside of the real details of their everyday life. So you too can write within the real details of your everyday life. If you have a book idea in you that's nagging at you, If you've thought of writing a book, but you've put it off or you've counted yourself out, what I hope the last 20 minutes has done for you is helped you count yourself back in. Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.